Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good morning. For those of you that don't know, my name's Imi and I'm a member of the congregation here at St George's. And before we start, let's just have a quick word of prayer. Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity to delve deeper into your words, and we pray that the words that I say are of you and you alone, and that we all have ears to hear and hearts to listen. Amen. This morning, we are carrying on with our series, looking at amazing children. And today, we're going to be looking at the young boy at the feeding of the 5,000. It's a familiar story to lots of us, And I'm going to tell it to you now, in a slightly different way, in my own words, and I hope you're comfortable. Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. A great crowd followed him, eager to see. They'd seen the signs, Jesus had healed the sick. There he is, the crowd shouted. We have to get there quick. Jesus and his disciples were sat there on the mountain, Where shall we buy bread for them? Jesus asked as Philip started counting. Buy bread, said Philip in an annoyed rage. For them to even get a bite would take half a year's wage. This was a test. Jesus already knew what to do. When along comes Andrew with answer number two. Here is a boy with five loaves and two fish. But how far would it go with as little as this? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There were about 5,000 men plus women and children around. Then Jesus took the loaves, blessed it, and gave thanks. It was then distributed to those sat on the banks. Then Jesus did the same as he blessed and gave thanks for the fish. Everybody got their fill and ate as much as they wished. At the end, the disciples collected the leftovers in haste. Jesus said, gather them, let nothing go to waste. As we near the end of this Bible tale, let me tell you something of our God whose love will never fail. It doesn't matter if your order seems too tall. God can use whatever you've got, however big or small. The end. Now, this story is based on the Bible from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 1 to 14. And as I've already mentioned, is when one of the amazing children we're looking at met Jesus. What do we know about him? Not a lot, really. He's at the center of one of the most well-known Bible stories of all time, and we don't even know his name. This passage is roughly 295 words, and only 13 talk about our boy here with the loaves and fishes. Yet this one small offering changes the experience for over 5,000 people. God used five loaves of bread and two fishes to feed that many people, and why? Because a young boy who didn't have to share offered what he had and God provided. This is what we're going to think about this morning. Offering, sacrifice, and expectations. And if the size of these things really matters. We will go through these, but first, let's look at offering. When we think of offering, we often think what we can get out of a situation. 
parents, you might want your children to eat their vegetables. So you offer them ice cream if they eat their vegetables first. Another word for this is bribery. <laughs> or you might be in the shop and see an offer to buy one, get one free of a certain item. You don't necessarily need it, but it makes you feel good to get a bargain. Or a personal favorite of mine, you might offer to help a friend sort through their clothes, but secretly you're hoping to end up with some free new outfits at the end. When we offer, yes, we are being nice and friendly, but often there is a benefit. Our boy didn't just offer his food, but he is potentially losing out. And this takes us to our second point. His offering is sacrificial. Now that's a big word, so let me break it down. When something is sacrificial or sacrificed, it means that it is done with no expectation of getting something back. It is done to give something up for a better cause. We are asked by God to be sacrificial, to do things that make God's world better and build community. John chapter 15, verses 12 to 13 says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. We are asked to give everything we have because there is no love that is bigger than this, something which we will remember in communion later on. It doesn't have to be anything big. Our boy literally just shared his food, didn't stand up and make a big speech. He didn't, as far as we know from our record, say anything. He just gave what he had. So why even bother? If we knew that his food couldn't feed that many people, and he did too, why not just keep it to himself and make sure he was fed? Because he had high expectations. We may not be all powerful, but God is. And the boy recognized that in Jesus. He knew that just because his offering was little, it didn't mean that Jesus couldn't do amazing things. Now we're going to take a pause, and I'm gonna invite Dr. Miriam, science extraordinaire, to help me with the next part. Now, if you are a child or an eager adult and would like to see what Miriam's about to do, I would suggest that you come here and come forward to the front. And I'm going to ask Richard to pass me more water, please. Thank you. Um, why are you listening? Oh, no. Was I meant to be? Well, it would have helped. Um, let me break it down for you. We met our amazing child in the feeding of the 5,000 who offered his food to Jesus in order for him to feed the crowds. He gave Jesus everything he brought with him and wasn't sure if he was going to get in return anything. So his offering was sacrificial. But that's because he recognized that Jesus could do amazing things. Ooh, hang on, I can do amazing things. Sure you can, but not that amazing. Ah, try me, come on. I'll give you any random things and see what you can do. Yeah, yeah, try me, come on. Let's okay. see what I can do. Like, I've well, got these beakers, anything could happen. It's almost like this was staged. It's amazing. So I've got a box here. Okay. Ooh. Of bottles. Oh, exciting. Okay. What have you got in your bottles? Well, this is the test because they're all clear. We have some Sprite. Oh, okay, great. We have some soda water. Nearly close, but we'll try it out. It's bicarb of soda. Bicarb of soda. 
One of them is vinegar. Absolutely. <laughs> and I cannot remember the last one. What is it? Ooh, that would be oh, telling. <laughs> it popped. That is the soda water, I think. That is the soda water. There we go. And then, because we want you to be safe, do you want the gloves? Uh, no, I think we'll, uh, if you do this at home, kids, which you can, use gloves. What's that one then? That's, oh, hang on a second, you're testing me now. Oh, that is rank. That is cabbage juice. Well, I don't want to smell it, do I? Okay, you sure? okay, absolutely sure. Right, so, are you ready for this amazing thing? Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, they're all clear. You see that? We see that on the camera, they're all clear. But I reckon I can turn them all different colours. No, you can't. Yeah, I think I can. No, because if they're I, all clear and that's just one colour juice. Well, if I add the purple, I reckon I could definitely turn them all one different colour. But should we see how many I can go for? Do you want to see it? Okay, okay. Are we ready? So, I reckon if we add this one... Oh, we just well, get boring. purple. Well, that is... Oh, no. Oh, what went wrong there? Okay, well, I suppose we'll just keep going. Um, uh, oh, okay, see, no, that's a bit more fun. See, I can do amazing things. Look at that. <gasps> and that one's pink. What do we reckon? What colour? Orange. Ooh, blue. Okay, okay, let's see. It's a nice pink, I think. Well, there we go. See? Amazing things. And you did all that with just cabbage juice. Just with red cabbage juice, right? Blended up. Look what you get. That's amazing. Times. There we go. Amazing things. Thank you, Dr. Miriam. <coughs> See, when we expect, just like Miriam with her cabbage, like the boy did when he gave up his food, when we pray and move out of the way for God, amazing things can happen. God uses what we have and can make it spectacular, sometimes in ways we cannot imagine. Take Philip, for example, in our story. He just saw the issues in the way. How often do we sometimes do that? How often do you sometimes see an issue and think, I can't do anything to fix this? It's not my job, and it's too big for me to do. Rather than doing what you can and letting God do the rest, we are made to be a community, to build and support each other. We are made to bring what we can to create a holy and wonderful space. What I mean by that is when we work together to reflect what God's kingdom should look like, we can help other people encounter God and amazing things can happen. We have so many amazing children of our own at this church who do just that. It has been my immense pleasure over the past two years to have served on the St. George's youth team. And not only do these guys come to church and sessions each week, in and out every week, but they lead each other in worship and prayer during their own sessions. Then on a Sunday, we see them operating the cameras, doing sound, projection, sometimes in the band. Then the children have been seen to do actions, prayer, and acting in our services. Because they are amazing people with amazing talents, and they want to use those to share what they have to keep building the church. What we are and who we are isn't any better or less than anyone else, because God can use anyone of any size 
and anything of any amount to make a difference. One of my favorite parts of the church building is the stained glass window to my right and your left. There is one piece of this window that has no color in it. It will largely go unnoticed by most people because it's out of the eye line of a lot of us. But even though it is less shiny and colorful than the rest of the window, it still has purpose and a reason to be there. It is part of keeping out the wind and the rain. The light can still shine through it, and it is still a part of the whole window. Just because it doesn't look the same and fit the mold of the window doesn't mean it's any less and the window is any less beautiful. When you think about who can initiate the feeding of that many people, you don't go to a young boy with five loaves and two fishes. You'd think there'd be people who could cook, maybe rich traders who could fetch and donate food. Instead, it was this amazing boy who gave what he had. So this morning, we have already learned from this boy that when we offer to God, it is sacrificial. It is not because of what we can get in return, but we do it because there is a need in the community that we can meet with what we have. We have learned that when we offer, we can expect great things from God, even in ways we do not imagine. We know that what we offer is based on who we are and who God made us to be. We have been created to be individuals which are part of a whole. What we can give is like that window. We can do what we can by how we're made to allow the glory of God to shine through. When we go into communion this morning, we can recognize the parallels between Jesus in our passage here and Jesus at the Last Supper when he took the bread and gave thanks for it. Let's remember that before we were here to sacrifice and expect, Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice on the cross and did the unexpected by rising from the dead. It's because of that that all of us are here. We go to communion alongside generations before us and the worldwide church now. Bring your whole selves to God as we live all of these things in remembrance of him and what he gave to us. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.